Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter number 4, verse number 14 to 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but in all points, tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I want us to read verse 16 together as a family. Read it aloud. Ready? Go. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You read it well. Read it for the last time. Ready? Go. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Hallelujah. My assignment for this afternoon is come boldly to the throne of grace. Come boldly to the throne of grace. This year has been de declared as the year of grace. Overflow of what? Grace, mercy, and power. Hallelujah. Overflow of grace, mercy, and power. And the scripture, and this month's theme is the month of what? Charis or the month of grace. Amen. And this afternoon's um, word is come boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. Now, before I start, I want you to understand that grace is what you don't deserve, but is given to you. Because of who the giver is. My wife always says something. She says that it is not who doesn't like you that is important, but who likes you. Are you with me? If the person who likes you is a person of authority, then all who hate you don't matter. I don't know whether you understand that. It is he who likes you that makes the difference. If God likes you, then nobody else matters. Because he favors whoever he decides to favor. Amen. He says that I pick one up and I put down another. I'm God all by myself. I can do whatever. Amen. He says that Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. In fact, if you look at it things carefully, you realize that uh, Jacob was a better... Uh, Esau was a better guy, honest guy, hardworking guy than Jacob. Jacob was a supplanter. Jacob was lazy. Ja Jacob was a mama's boy. Jacob was a dodgy guy. He was a swindler. He was a trickster. He's a heel grabber. I don't know whether you've, been, you've done sports before. You know, if you have done sports and you are a good footballer, a good uh, runner, and somebody trips you, because they know they can't compete with you, they, they trip you. That is a Jacob. He is a tripper because he doesn't want you to achieve. 
Are you getting it? That is a type of person that God decides that I like. That is not fair. It is not fair to pick Jacob over Esau. But God is God. Sister, I give grace to whoever I give grace to. Amen. And the word that I want us to look at, the the actual verse I want us to look at is verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. How many will agree that this is the time of need? We are in the times that we need God's grace. We are in the times that we need God's favor. We are in the times that we need God's, God's uh, pick-me-up. If God can give us a little pick-me-up, things will be better. How many need a pick-me-up from God? At least something, something. Yes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> our friends say something for the boys. If God will give us something for the boys, we'll be all right. And for the girls as well. Oh, Hallelujah. Let us now come boldly. The word boldly is perisha in the Greek. P, P, E, where's my spelling? P, E, S, it is P-A-R-R-P-A-R-R-E-S-I-A. But it is pronounced perishia. P-A-R-R-E-S-I-A. The word is perishia, which means frankness. Amen. It means frankness. It means openness, honesty. Amen. Come boldly with courage. How many know that in certain cultures, children are to be seen but not heard? How many have heard that said before? Certain cultures, children are supposed to be seen and not heard. Are you with me? In the Eastern culture, in those days, in the culture of the Mediterranean, the East, where the Bible is situated, the children were supposed to be seen but not heard. Are you with me? So when the scripture says, let us come boldly, it says that as a child, don't let the culture impede you. So come boldly to your father's house. Without any reservation, without any impediment, you shouldn't allow culture to make, you know, there are some, some cultures you can't even lift your head to look at the father or the uncle. Are you with me? You have to have a certain posture as you are talking because you are supposed to be seen but not heard. But this scripture is saying that come boldly, perisha, come like a confident person. Come with courage in spite of what you have done. Even when you have done wrong, come boldly. How many know that when you have done wrong, you become very timid? Daddy told you nobody should leave the house. And then your friends had a party. And you jumped the wall. And you went to the party. 
and you came back home hoping that everybody would be asleep. You snuck into the house only to find out that your door had been locked. Which means that your dad had come to the room and realized that there was nobody there. And so he locked the door. Now, I'm not telling you a, 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 a hypothetical situation. Ian has experienced that. I remember my sisters used to have, they would put the pillow as a human being. So they would put a cloth, then they would put pillows, you know, and then they would put the duvet like a human being. Because my father would go around, but he wouldn't put the light on. So open the door, when you open the door, it looks like a, a body on the bed. And then you close the door and go to the next room, open, and it looks like a body and close the door. But this time around, I think he got a hint that people had climbed the wall to go. So he came and put the lights on and realized that there was a pillow instead of a body. So he closed the door and locked it. Then he went to the next room, pillow, closed the door and locked it. And then went to the third room, pillow, closed the door and locked it. So when they came, the first one that jumped was my sister, big sister. She jumped and then she went in. Then my, the second one jumped. Then the last one was my brother. When he jumped down, they held his neck. <laughs> they held his neck. So, this story that I'm telling you was not easy. I mean, now you are supposed to come and explain why your door is locked. And you are outside instead of inside at that time. And explain how you entered the house because the gate was locked. And you have to explain why you did not knock on the gate when there's a watchman there, but you decided to jump because every, anyone who jumps is a thief. So why you should not be reported to the police for jumping the wall at that time of the night? How many, if you put yourself in that scenario, if you are going to the old man's room, you go confidently? How many will go to confidently? No, because you know that this, this going is not the normal going. And my father was not the type of man that, you know, there are some fathers, they are very disciplined when they're going to flog you, they will explain to you and then turn and give you stroke. No, 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 no. My father is, he, he fights you. <laughs> so as you are talking, you know, like a question is so going, why did you go, pam? Before the goal finishes, you've got a left hook or left slap. <laughs> That's before the lashes starts. The official lashes hasn't started. This is just the interrogation. And he used to have like bamboo canes on top of his wardrobe. 
a lot of them. So he reached out, he reached out, and then he grabbed. So as many as his hands can grab, they have to be expended, which means that they have to be broken in pieces before he. So when he calls you into the room, he stands behind the door. So as you enter, the door locks, and then he locks it and puts the key in his pocket. So all the children in the house, we had a pact. If you see somebody enter and they lock the door, all the children in the house, we run to the door and bang and make noise. Because it might be you next time. <laughs> so the top three, these are the top elder three, eldest three have gone into the room and it's the middle of the night. My father, it doesn't matter. He can carry out everybody and then he will discipline everybody. As many as he canes that he gets, it has to finish. So what you do is you cover your vitals and you hope. You No, you cover your vitals and you hope for the best because he doesn't, it, it's everywhere. It can be your eye. It can be anywhere. And then you are screaming and those who are behind the door are screaming. So when he's happy and he's finished, then he opens the door, then you can go. And when you go like that means for the next two, three months, don't bother coming to ask for anything from him. You have to be scarce in the house. Hallelujah. But, but this scripture is saying that let us come boldly, Perisha. Come in spite of what you have done wrong, in spite of what you are doing, in spite of anything, come boldly. How many of us have, have sinned and, uh, and when you sin, you don't even want to pray? Because you, you feel that God is angry with you. So your, your conscience is judging you and it makes you not want to pray. You who, when you are praying, you have a lot of words to pray. Now when you have sinned, you come, oh Lord, forgive me. And then your prayer is finished. Sometimes you, that one who has sinned, you are even angry with God. Why did you allow me to sin? How can I mess up like this? Hallelujah. But it says that let us come boldly to obtain. The word obtain is lombano. It's L-A-M-B-A-N-O. Lambano, it means to seize and lay hold of something in order to make your very own, something make your own. So come boldly to obtain favor. Come boldly to obtain mercy. Come boldly to obtain grace. As if grace belongs to you. In spite of what you have done wrong, he says that come boldly and when you come, he has given you the, the, the opportunity or the, the permission to come boldly to obtain. Hallelujah. To obtain favor. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Someone say the throne of grace. So I have a few questions that I want us to answer this afternoon. Number one, what is the throne of grace? 
Number two, who sits on the throne of grace? Number three, why is the throne of grace important? Hallelujah. Are you, are you ready to answer the questions? What is the throne of grace? Who sits on the throne? Why is the, great, the throne of grace important? Amen. So now I want us to just focus on the throne of grace. In Isaiah chapter 6, it, um, Prophet Isaiah gives us a picture of the throne. Bible says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and his train, his robe filled the temple, and above it stood six, above it stood each uh, six uh, seraphims, one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. How many of you can see that this looks like a scary place? In Revelation chapter 4, verse 2 to 8, Immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. He who sat there was like a, jas- was like a jasper and saddest stone in appearance. And there, were, there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like, a, like, like an emerald. Around the, the throne were 24 thrones. And on the thrones, I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robe, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. From the thrones, from the, from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which, were, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, holy, Lord God Almighty, who was and is to come. Hallelujah. Can you see the throne? How spectacular this throne looks like. Amen. How many can see that? It's scary. It's scary. Ice everywhere. Hallelujah. The the Bible says in the... uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, the one with whom we have to do, he sees where no man sees. Everything is open and naked to the one with whom we have to do. Hallelujah. He sees everywhere. Hallelujah. Amen. The one who sits on the throne, if he is going to judge out of the law with such 
um, holiness and purity, then we are in trouble. How many will agree with me? With such, you know, anybody that saw the throne of God, first reaction, I am undone. As I said, I am undone. Jeremiah said, I am a man of unclean lips. I live among the people of unclean lips. Some say, what is me? John said, I, I, I was like a dead. I was like a dead man. Hallelujah. So the question now is, who is the one who is sitting on the throne? It's very important to ask that question. Romans chapter 3 verse 25. The one who sits on the throne whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. Hallelujah. The one who is sitting there was somebody that had passed through. Amen. If, if God is sitting on the throne, we are in trouble. Do you, do you agree with me? If God is the one sitting on the throne, we are in trouble. Why? We are in trouble because God is holy. Amen. And we know from scripture that all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. Our righteousness are as filthy rags before him. And the wages of sin is death. So there's no chance. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. If we say we have no sin, we are lying and the truth is not in us. And we also make him a liar. So how many can see condemnation all over? If God is the one sitting on the throne. But the Bible says that he who knew no sin was made sin for us. Hallelujah. He was at all points tempted, yet without sin. What the Bible is saying is that the one who sits on the throne has passed through. So he knows what we are going through. He knows your weakness. He knows your state. He knows how powerless you can be against sin. He has an idea. So he has empathy. Hallelujah. Sometimes when your child does something and that thing that your child did, you have done it before as a child, you have a certain grace. How many know what I'm talking about? You have a certain grace. You, you, can, you, can, see, you can see that your wife there, hey, 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 and then you say, oh, no, no, it's okay. I'll talk to him because this thing that he's doing I have done it before. It's like I have passed through. 
So I know he will pass through it. Hallelujah. I remember one day, my, my son was skiving from school. He had joined some boys. And he was skiving. And I don't know whether, you know, my, my wife had, was friends with all the teachers. Went for every PTA meeting. All the teachers knew her. So it's like she just have to appear and do grass on him. So one of the, this type of uh, went and said something. He joined some boys and hey, my wife came. Why you have to discipline? You have to say okay, okay. I will handle it. You know, you know, it's like she's the disciplinarian. I'm the one who jokes around with them. But when the thing goes beyond a certain, then it swaps. When the thing is a serious criminal uh, thing, then the role reverse. Then I become there. So this one was beyond the normal. Uh, but I was looking at the test. Uh, this thing that this boy is doing, yeah, I've done worse. So. <laughs> This woman doesn't understand this thing that this boy this is like comedy style play. I've done worse than this. So I called the boy. I said, You know, sometimes you have to be careful. (laughs) You know, so where mom was expecting spanking or, you know, I'm like, Charlie, you know, you have to be careful. Some boys, you have to know how to work with them. You don't have to work with, you know, so I was giving him low down how to maneuver his way because I can understand. I've been there before. So it's like, that is grace because I was sitting on the throne and I walked where he's walking. I've passed through. Because if mom was the one sitting on the throne, there would be fireworks. Because she couldn't understand. But me, I could understand. That is how God is like. That is what the one who sits on the throne has been through it. He has seen peer pressure. He has seen rejection. He has seen, you know, temptation. When you are hungry, you are very hungry. And Satan comes and offers you the very thing you need that will quench the hunger. The hunger. He has been there. You know, in, in first, first John 2.15, the Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, but all the things that are in the world. You know, the, the, what the love the last of the flesh, the last of the eyes, and the pride of life. These three things. He says that everything that is in the world, all temptation you can think about, anything you can think about, any sin that has ever, ever, ever happened in the world is made up of these three things. The last of the flesh, last of the eyes, and the pride of life. The reason why you do whatever you do is because of the lust of the flesh or lust of the eyes or the pride of of life. And if you look at the temptation that Jesus went through, he answered all these three. If you are the son of God, you are hungry. Lust of the flesh. Command these stones to become bread. 
You see the woman. You see the man. The man is married, but he has money. You need his money. Last of the flesh. What do you do? Same. Same. Let me go and stand here and preach. It's better here. There are, are more decent Christians here than over there. I don't know side chick Christians are in this place. So I'll come and stand here. I don't know what side chick they are talking about. But to, to, to see drugs and want it, you must have a certain lust for it. Because there are some people who see drugs and because it's not in them. Are you with me? It must be inside of you. It's not your lust. There are some people, they don't last after girls. It's not their lust. But if you bring drugs, there are some people, they won't last after smoking. But when you bring a drink, problem. I don't know why I'm moving here. <laughs> How many can understand what I'm trying to say? So there's always, there's always something. There are some people, it is not, it is not lust of the flesh, but it's what their eyes see. Why is it that uh, the Simpsons have a, a new house and we don't have the house? Can we go and buy a new house? Don't you work? They work. Do they have two heads? They don't have two. Why did it? Why? 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 Because you have seen something. So you are envious of it. You will do anything. Break every law to get and be like them. Pride of life. Pride. So you see, everything comes to these three things. And Jesus walked through all three. So someone said, ah, but Jesus didn't see pornography. But it's the last of the eye. Last of the flesh is the same thing. He didn't see cocaine. He didn't see uh, what do you call it? Uh, <laughs> Pastor Sam, can I move all these your pastors out of here? Because I don't think they are real pastors. We have to re-examine them. To know whether they are proper pastors. So, can you organize an examination? Because I don't know where they got this behavior from. I thought they were spiritual, but it doesn't look it. They are looking at you. <laughs> Hallelujah. But verse 14, let's go back to our main test, the verse 14. He says that for we have the high priests. Someone said we have the high priests. We have a high priest that can not be touched. Put that scripture back for me. Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses but was at all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So we have a high priest. You know, in the culture in those days, 
The high priest was not only the, the priest in the temple, but he would certify whether you are healed. When you had any major uh, conflict, you take it to the high priest. He would settle. So he was more like a judge. He was like a governor. Are you with me? If you want, maybe you, somebody owes you, you take it to the high priest. He will settle it. When you have uh, uh, he, a bitter, uh, uh, through any argument, you have uh, anything with anybody dispute, he will be the one you go to. The high priest will be the one who will be there. When you, you are, maybe you are a leper and you've been banished from society and you get cleansed, the first person who has to inspect you is not the doctor, but the high priest. When the high priest looks at your hand and looks at your feet and declares that you are now clean, then you can join back into society. This, so the high priest that he was talking about is not just an ordinary pastor, you know, in a church. No, but he's talking about a high priest like a governor, somebody who has a say in your life. If he says that you're unclean, you're unclean. If the high priest decides that you don't belong to the society, that's it. You are going. You have to leave your wife and children and go outside the city because the high priest has determined that you are not, you are not fit to be in society. Are you getting what I'm saying? So this high priest we are talking about is a, is a judge. This high priest we are talking about is somebody who can, who can alter your life. Are you getting what I'm saying? We do not have a high priest that cannot be touched. Which means that the person who is sitting in the throne, Jesus Christ, is also our defender. Can you imagine that you, are, you go to court, the judge is your lawyer. Um, I don't know whether, can I have two young men? Come quickly, quickly, quickly. Two young men. Okay. So you be here. So in the in the blue corner, you have BK. In the red corner, you have David. Alright? <laughs> Why have you taken your glasses off? <laughs> Ten. Okay. So they are gonna fight. All right. Why are you afraid of your eyes? I know. <laughs> you can't see without your eyes. Okay. So, assuming I am supposed to be the referee, okay, but I favor BK. So, I say, okay, ready? Fight. 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 <laughs> Can you see what, what, what's happening? It means he has no chance. Why? Because I am supposed to be an, a neutral judge, but I'm favoring one person. So I've given him grace over his enemy and I've bound his enemy in the fight. And I say fight. It doesn't matter whether he is strong or not, but the fight is unfair. Because God is never fair. God is a gracious God, but he's not a fair God. I don't know whether you understood that. God bless you. Oh, clap for them.
God has never been fair. But he's a gracious God. So he says that come boldly to his throne. The throne is a place of power. It's the place of judgment. It's the place that gives you um, gives you right judgment by the place of grace. Come with me to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Let's read the story. I'm giving you a, a scenario of the grace of God. John chapter 8. Are you there? But Jesus went to Mount Olives. Now, early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him and sat down, and he taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. When they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now, Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? We have a high priest. Then he said, and this, this they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stood, stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they had continued asking, he raised himself up and said, He who is without sin, let him throw the first stone at her. And again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And Jesus, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, the Bible didn't tell us what he was writing on the ground. But you see, the Bible says that he wrote something and then he cleaned it. Then he wrote again. Then he cleaned it. Then he wrote again. The woman in those days, if you say she's caught in the very act, it means she was not having sex by herself. There was a man. So where was the man? How come they didn't bring the man together with the woman, but they brought the woman alone. And when they brought the, the, the woman, the Bible says that they were not interested in the woman per se. They brought it, they brought her, testing him to trap him. They wanted something against God. If he says that, stone the woman, they say, ah, 
But where is the man? You judge wrongly. If he says, don't stone the woman, he says, ah, you are condoning sin. But he stooped and wrote. And then wrote. And then wrote, as if he hadn't heard them. He was writing. Do you know what he was writing? He was writing the sin of the first elder who had the stone. You are bringing somebody last week you you were here then the second elder you third elder you fourth elder you we had we had this prophet in our church and um, he was called Nat like prayer meeting Praying, we'll be praying, then reach a place, he starts to prophesy. And when he's prophesying, it's like this. Let me go. And then there was a guy in our church called Abbas. And Abbas had his wife in the church, and the mother in law was in the church. Abbas, Abbas, you, yesterday, you were in a corner with a girl. Was like this. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Prophet that. Say you. And he was so accurate. You. And then he goes, you. So I like, joined the premises, everybody's eyes are <laughs> don't want to see. <laughs> Just in case he lock eyes and he starts saying your own. As you see, the people are hiding. The people are running to the toilet. <laughs> hey, Prophet Nat has come. There was no grace. There's truth. The truth is, she was in adultery. But the Bible says, Jesus came with grace and truth. It is not just grace. It's grace. There's truth. There's justice. But the justice has to be tied to grace. So you, I haven't even condemned you. But you are condemning somebody. Elder one came, they wrote his own. When he brought his stone, and he saw, yeah, my own. Immediately he put the stone down. And then Elder two came. He hadn't seen Elder one's own. When he came, and he saw his own. You, you are a thief. You stole from your workplace. Nobody has seen it. Hey, immediately he put the stone down. And also, the one, you know, there's always the one behind who is making the noise, who is goading people to go, go, go. We have to stone it. We have to stone it. Choboy, yeah, we have to stone it. also saw it on you. You are a drug addict, a drug dealer. Hey! Drop your soul. Everyone by one by one by one dropped their stones and left. And he was busy writing because the people were many. He was writing, very busy. 
very busy. As soon as you leave, then you clean it. Then when you come, then you write your own. Then you go, he cleans. Then you write your own. And when everybody left, he lifted up himself. And he asked the lady, where are your accusers? And he said, no one, Lord. And listen to what he says. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. What he says is that he doesn't condone sin. But there's grace to overcome sin. That is why in Psalm 51, David can go to God and say that God, it is only you that I've sinned against. You know, David was such a bold sinner. I've never seen anybody who is so bold. You have done, I've done wrong. Me, I've done wrong. But I'm coming. Have mercy on me, O oh Lord. Create in me a clean heart. And renew the right spirit within me. Restore and revive me. And I will teach transgressors your way. Look, you have transgressed. Talk about, don't talk about transgressors. You are the one who is a transgressor now. Can you imagine? You, in the middle of your sin, you are talking about helping transgressors. How cheeky can you be? But that is how we need to approach the throne of grace. From today, I want you to know that God is not against the sin. He's, he's not against you. He's against the sin. And he's here to say that go and sin no more. See, what makes grace powerful is that grace allows you to live a holy life. Because it gives you an allowance to say that I can make it, I can get it wrong and still make, get it right. Am I making sense? Yeah. We, we have preached a certain type of Christianity that makes, it puts people off. Because one sin that one person commits, we will never ever forget. As if we have never sinned before. And we make people carry a guilt throughout their lives. But it's not also not a ticket to remain in the sin. That woman never remained in her sin. She left justified, went back, sinned no more. Hallelujah. Bible commentators say that it could be one of the women that followed Jesus, that ministered to him after that. How did this woman transform her life from a woman of adultery to become a follower of Jesus? Grace. Someone say grace. Someone say grace. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Stand to your feet.